Yeah, I, I love beans, and I, we're trying to make beans cool again. That's that's what we're we're all about. And uh, beans are like this amazing superfood that have been around forever and nobody knew about. And and yet they and they can be a really whereas most superfoods are a portion of your diet, or maybe you're taking turmeric, you know, a couple of days a week or whatever. Beans are something that should be in your life every day. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 155. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Well, hello, veggie lovers. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have an episode today with Tyler Mayoras, who is co-founder of a company called Cool Beans. I'm excited for you to learn more about him. But before I tell you more about Tyler, I want to give a shout out to Elle's Mum 10, who left me a five-star Apple podcast review, which reads... I have recently discovered Dr. Yami, and I really appreciate her honest and straightforward approach to health. I have learned so much about nutrition and health from listening to the podcast and truly enjoy it. Thank you for helping my family and I on our health journey, Dr. Yami. Well, thank you, Els Mum 10. I appreciate you being a listener and for leaving me a review. I so appreciate that, and I'm so grateful that I've been able to help. Remember that the information on this podcast is for information on educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a health professional. Tyler Mayoras is giving a glow up to the world's most underappreciated superfood, the bean. A passionate impact investor and entrepreneur, he co-founded Cool Beans with a vision of bringing sustainable whole food goodness to the frozen foods aisle. Inspired by his own journey to a plant-based diet, he's making it easier than ever to eat clean, minimally processed food that's good for your body, your soul, and the planet. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And I'm never going to give up an opportunity to talk more about beans. So I'm so glad that Tyler was able to come on the show, talk about his plant-based journey, what has surprised him the most about his journey, why he's so passionate about beans and what food diversity means to him. We talk about sustainability, which he's passionate about as well. 
and the story of how he co-founded Cool Beans and where you can find these products, which at this point is wraps. They all have beans. They're all whole foods, oil-free with lots of delicious spices. And I think I'm going to check them out on Vegan Essentials because we do buy vegan burritos for my older son for school. He also takes whole foods with him that I've prepared at home as well. But as a teenager who is super active, he needs a really big lunch to pack for his snacks and his lunch and before practice at school. So it's nice to have lots of different options. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy this interview with Tyler Mayoras. And without further ado, let us proceed. Tyler Mayoras, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you, Dr. Yami. I'm very excited to be here. I've been listening to the show and I'm, I'm very impressed. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, I'm really excited to get to know you. I am lucky that now my podcast is successful enough that I get a lot of people that want to come on my podcast, which is great, but I have to be very selective. But whenever your bio came across, and I think somewhere it highlighted bean lover or lives for beans or something like that. And I was like, I didn't even finish reading the whole thing. I was like, yep, we're going to have him on the show because everybody knows I am very passionate about beans and fiber in general. So I'm excited to hear about your journey. Tell me about your plant-based journey. How did you discover it? Why are you where you are now? Yeah. So I actually first went um, vegetarian back in the nineties for probably about 10, 10, 12 years. and it, it was primarily animals at that point in time, driven by that. Um, but then I had young kids uh, and, you know, like, like many people, as, as you know, misled to believe that they had to eat animal proteins and whatnot. And so we, and we were cooking for the whole family. So it just didn't really make sense to, to do something different. So I fell off the wagon for another 10, 10, 12 years or so. But came back to it in 2016, I was actually at a conference and I've been investing for 20 years with the last 10 years being focused on food and agriculture. And at that, I was learning more and more about the impacts of animal agriculture on our environment. And, and that particular conference in two, late 2016, I, I learned about the climate impacts, which I did not know before that. And um, they were talking about 15% um, of greenhouse gases being caused by animal agriculture. And I frankly didn't believe him. I, I had to go back to my office, dig out USDA data and EPA data and try to validate it myself. And I actually came up with a number higher. I came up with 16 to 19%. And, it, and from that point, I was just blown away. And I said, I, I just can't do this. That's not sustainable. And so I started the path with Meatless Monday, then Vegan Monday, then got, added a couple more days. And by early 2017, I was fully vegan. And wow. it's been a great journey. I, in that first year after going vegan, I lost 25 pounds and uh, it was great transformation from a health perspective as well. I think it's incredible because at that point you had already been immersed in the food and agricultural industry for at least a few years, right? And this was like something when you heard this information, you're like, what? I think I would have known this by now, right? Was that what you're thinking? You're like, everybody should know this by now. This can't be true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've, I think the, the, the industry has done a really good job of 
pulling the wool over everybody's eye. And mm -hmm. that, that not only is it climate impacts, but it's environmental impacts from and the monoculture that goes on in agriculture as a result, you know, and when you build up those numbers, it isn't just the animals. It's the fact that 65% of our farmland is used to feed animals, um, to grow crops to feed animals. And it's all the nitrogen and, and fertilizers that go into building that. I heard your, your show with um, Mary Purdy, on, the eco-nutritionist, and that, that was, she was spot on. I mean, those numbers um, build up very quickly throughout the whole chain, supply chain. Yes. And I think that, you know, there's this whole debate about climate change and global warming and is it real or is it not real? I honestly think we don't even have to talk about climate change per se. There's so many other damages to the environment, just like you were saying. There's so much waste in general yeah. that we can address yeah. by changing what we eat and how we practice our agriculture. So right. for those that don't believe in that, or they, they don't want to believe or accept it, there's other things that we can address by changing the way we eat. Yeah. And the only people that are denying it are boomers and older. There's, yeah. there, there, there's no Generation Z people that are denying it. And they're the ones really leading the revolution going forward. Yes, thankfully. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing this change in the younger people because they also know that they want to have a future where they have a beautiful yeah. earth and a beautiful world and that's sustainable as well. Well, what has surprised you the most about your plant-based journey? You know, I think it's probably that how easy it was. I, I converted pretty quickly. I didn't go cold turkey, but um, I was worried like a lot of people. I think that you're, how are you going to find options? How are you going to mm -hmm. find plant-based um, and dairy-free options and whatnot. And it was much easier than I thought, especially now at restaurants, um, in the grocery store, et cetera. I think one of the things that was frustrating and what led me to go down the road with Cool Beans was there, while there was a lot of vegan food in the grocery store that's prepared, most of it was vegan junk food at the time mm -hmm. when I went in 2017, and I was very frustrated. And I didn't understand why there weren't whole food plant-based options that we that were available. And that's led me to kind of make my own, if you will. Yeah, I love it. And I definitely want to get into that story. But before we get there, tell me about friends and family. So you mentioned kids, I'd love to know how mm -hmm. old your children are now. And the rest of your family, have you influenced anybody else in your life? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, um, I have a 25 year old and a 21 year old daughter, a 24 year old and 21 year old daughters, and, and a wife. And all three of them have been impacted. They, um, they didn't, initially they were, when I started the journey, they were not doing anything different. Um, over time, I now have, my, my wife has cut down meat and dairy dramatically, although she still eats them. Um, I have one daughter who's completely dairy-free, really a pescatarian. She only, she only eats fish. Uh, and that has helped her because she had a lot of issues, stomach issues and digestive mm -hmm. issues. Uh, and then the other daughter is definitely meatless, trying to uh, cut down on dairy and find dairy alternatives. She still does eat some dairy, but um, they've all been impacted in part because they saw the weight loss that I had and the benefits that I've had. Uh, but also, you know, at least one of those, one, one of my daughters is very environmentally oriented. And, mm -hmm. and she's heard me say before that I don't think you can be an environmentalist and eat meat and dairy. I really mm -hmm. don't. 
Yes. And those are very famous words by Howard Lyman, who actually lives close to here, uh, near where I live. Well, that's so cool. I I really feel that the longer you are plant-based, the more people you end up influencing without even doing much else except leading by example. So it's neat that you've been able to bring along some family members with you on that journey. So let's talk about beans because that's one of my favorite topics ever. Why are you so passionate about beans in particular? Yeah, I, I love beans, and I, we're trying to make beans cool again. That's that's what we're we're all about. And uh, the, beans are like this amazing superfood that have been around forever and nobody knew about. And and yet they and they can be a really whereas most superfoods are a portion of your diet, or maybe you're taking turmeric, you know, a couple of days a week or whatever. Beans are something that should be in your life every day. Amen. Uh, the fiber content is huge, you know. So that's obviously the number one factor. Um, but they also put nitrogen back in the soil. So not only do they help humans and all, you know, everything about human health comes from the gut. And so you have to feed that gut with fiber, but they also really repair the soil um, and help other plants to grow with, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the process for creating liquid nitrogen. Um, It's been around since the 1919s or so. Very carbon intensive process. In essence, they're heating up the air to create a chemical reaction to create liquid nitrogen. Mm. And they you burn fossil fuels to do that. And so if you can avoid that with plants that put nitrogen in the soil, and obviously you can't avoid it 100%, but with that and composting of manures and other things, um, we should definitely cut down that liquid nitrogen dramatically. Wow. No, uh, chemistry is not my favorite subject. I, I'll say I did well in all of school, but I don't love chemistry. <laughs> so no. when you said you remember that, I'm like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. So basically they repair the soil because of the way that they're able to produce nitrogen easier than yeah, other plants yeah. in particular. So, they, so every plant puts something back in the soil. They take something and they put something back. And so there's three real elements that most plants need to grow, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, NPK it's called. And um, two of those are mined, potassium and phosphorus are mined, um, which is a process in and of itself. It's, and then nitrogen is created now. It used to be made from bat guana and other manures and whatnot. Now it's just cheaper to make this liter- li- liquid nitrogen, which is extremely carbon intensive. Mm-hmm. And so um, one, of the, one of the keys around what we built was diversity of plants. We wanted a wide diversity, and we did that because we wanted to support farmers to plant a lot of different things. Yeah. Because the more things that you plant, that brings other elements into the soil and, and helps the soil. So you, a, a true... The way they used to grow 200 years ago, 300 years ago, is you would have seven to eight different crops at least, maybe 15 that a farmer would grow. And that was much better for the soil and the environment. And unfortunately, we've gotten away from that and we now monoculture everything and just grow one crop at a time. That makes so much sense. And I also interviewed Manju Kumar a few episodes ago, who she has been a farmer. Her family has been a farmer for generations. And she said a very similar thing in that it's very important for the soil to have diversity, just like our gut has diversity, the diversity in our gut coming from plants, that diversity begins in the soil. And that's how you know that you have healthy soil. 
And I guess for those of us that aren't farmers, especially we're not these big time farming operations that have these monocrops, I guess I didn't even think about how they make these fertilizers and how they have to artificially make night. I mean, like I didn't think about any of that. I mean, that's incredible that you have to like generate, you have to artificially make something that you could get from the plants themselves if you take the time to include diversity in your farming practices. So that that's really amazing to learn that. And the, and the other benefit, side benefit of diversity, which we weren't even aware of when we first went down this road, but it turns out that the three first SKUs that we introduced, if you ate those in a week, there would be 15 different plants. And wow. you know, in the book Fiber Fueled, which I'm sure you've read um, by Dr. Yes. Will Bolsovitz, uh, that he says that you should eat 30 different plants a week, that you should strive for that. Well, we're getting you halfway there with three wraps um, on a weekly basis. And so that was a benefit that we didn't even know about going in, but it's really now a core tenant to everything that we're going to be doing going forward with new SKUs, et cetera, is the diversity of plants. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. I love it. Yes, those plant points. It's a whole different way to think about your food. I love thinking about food as whole food and instead of, you know, looking at it in terms of macronutrients or calories or anything like that, I like teaching people to look at whole food in general and whole plants in particular. But then you can add this another this other layer from Dr. Will, which is the plant points. Now right. let's focus on diversity. We we got our whole plant foods down. How can we introduce more whole plant foods? Which leads me beautifully into my next question which is what does food diversity mean to you? Why is it important? And how do you yourself achieve diversity in your diet? Yeah, for sure. So what you mentioned was a great point that people get caught up in the macronutrients and you've got people that are sending their blood in to get analyzed and what should I be eating? And look, if you just ate 30 different plants a week, you're going to get all those nutrients. Plants are an amazing um, in, in what they bring to the table, whether it's vitamin A or vitamin C, et cetera, obviously B12 has to be supplemented, but that's really the only thing that needs to be supplemented as long as you're eating a well-balanced uh, diet of plants. So to me, that's really critical is both from the health standpoint, as well as supporting farmers to grow a diversity of plants and so that we get more people focused on that diversity. That's what it means to me is that it's both good for the humans as well as the environment. Before you went plant-based, do you feel like you ate a diverse diet or did you <laughs> fall into the trap of most Americans that eat like the same thing over and yeah, over again? Not at all. I mean, it was, yeah, very, very limited diet. And, and frankly, when you think back, um, I'm sure, you know, 90, something like 95% of all Americans are fiber deficient. And I can yes. definitely see, cause I, I, 
I don't know where I got fiber. It doesn't come from animal foods. And so I'm pretty sure I was one of those people that was fiber deficient. Um, and so, yeah, ab absolutely. It's changed dramatically as a result. It's amazing because before you learn about plant-based nutrition and this whole different way of looking at food, I thought I was a very healthy eater. I was severely constipated and the bulk of my diet came from low fat dairy. <laughs> so it was like skim milk, low fat yogurt, which was mainly sugar right. and, you know, low fat cheese, cheese sticks. And it was like all this dairy and chicken breast, you know, like I barely ate plants and I'm Panamanian. So my heritage is rice and beans, you know? And so I, knew of that. And I grew up with some of those foods, but I thought that the healthy foods were these other actually fiber deficient foods. Mm -hmm. And then you transition and you realize, whoa, my gut is so much happier. Did you have any health problems or any digestive issues that changed with this way of eating? I didn't personally, my, my one daughter did, and she had some of the digestive issues you talked about as, you know, it was just a, a yoga cycle and she was, and I, I'm pretty sure it was the dairy. And, and so I, asked her to go off dairy, try it for a week. And I also then started feeding her what I eat for breakfast in the morning, which, you know, it's a, it's a Dr. Greger special. It's basically overnight, I thaw blueberries, frozen organic blueberries. I add half a packet of acai um, and then flaxseed meal and walnuts. And, and you just ground that up. And then in the morning, it's great breakfast. And that loaded with fiber and antioxidants. Um, and so those two things together have really improved her. She doesn't have any issues at all anymore. Um, for me, it was more weight. I had been yo-yo dieting forever. I tried low carb. I tried sugar busters, you know, counting calories, everything. And it was just such a nightmare. And it was always, you were always hungry and I hated it. And then I went plant-based I was never hungry during that first year. I, I, I haven't been hungry since. I eat whenever I want. I'm just eating good stuff. Um, and the weight just started coming off. I, wasn't even, I didn't even feel like I was dieting, which I wasn't because I, I wasn't counting calories. I wasn't restricting what I ate. I ate when I wanted and I was never hungry. And yet 25 pounds just disappeared over a year. With very wow, little exercise. Amazing. I mean, I exercise in the summer. I like to rollerblade on the lake. But in the winter, I don't really exercise that much. And it kind of blows people away when they say that. Um, and I should exercise more, but I just, it, it's not necessary. You can't exercise your way, way out of weight into weight loss. No, no. And, and when it comes to things like that, really, it's the food and a lot of medical issues too. I mean, there's obviously so many medical benefits of physical activity and movement. And I like to emphasize just the well-being of yes. it, just how movement makes you feel so good and gives you those positive endorphins. But when it comes to our bloodstream and our chemistry, a lot of it's going to be food. Um, Were you surprised by the weight loss? Because it seems absolutely. like you made the change because of these environmental things that you learned. And if you weren't hungry, your mind was probably like, there's no way I'm going to lose weight because I'm not hungry. Yeah. So were you surprised no, by it? I had it? spent 20 years adding a little bit of weight every year, you know, and I had then spent at least 10 years trying to lose weight. And I could, I could get down maybe five pounds, but I really couldn't lose anything significant and it would bounce back and um, so when this happened, I was shocked each time. And, and I, each time I go and weigh myself, you know, every couple of weeks, and I went to the same scale all the time at a gym that I was a member of. And 
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue, but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Um, I would like, nah, I'm sure I didn't lose any this time because I know I've eaten some junk food or whatever and vegan junk food, but I, I know I've eaten it and sure enough, another two pounds had gone away or something. It was just crazy. So, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Well, one of the things I read that you have been writing about is this coming fourth wave of the vegan movement. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So, um, as you know, the, during the last, I guess, probably 15 years, there's been this movement toward cleaner eating in general, wellness, et cetera. And you, so you're driven a lot by the millennials uh, and you see people eating much more healthfully across the board, no matter how they eat, you know, if it's they're doing more grass-fed beef or whatever they're doing, right? Um, but in, in the vegan movement, we've seen a couple different waves to get people onto the path of plant-based. And this has been by far the biggest, and it's, it's, it's become a huge trend because of the three legs of the stool now. You've got climate change, you've got animals, and you've also got health. Um, but now what I see happening is most of the foods that are out there have been bringing people over from being animal agriculture into plant-based. But now what I see is people moving up that curve toward a more of a whole food plant-based diet. And that's becoming a term that more and more people understand. And it, it is, it's just clean ingredients. It's minimally processed. You know, one of the things that frustrates me is with a lot of the, the foods that you see in the grocery store, they've got a lot of oil added. And they do that because it creates the fat to mimic what people are used to, salt, sugar, and fat. But you can create a lot of flavor with spices that, and not add any oil and not add any fat. 
And that's what that's what we're all about is everything that we have is zero saturated fat. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's that's I agree with that in that I feel that there's a health, a different type of health consciousness, because one of the things that I think is frustrating is diet culture and people wanting to be a certain size and weight, regardless of the cost. And, you know, they're going to do certain things that could actually harm them. But now I see that people are frustrated by that and they're more focused on, I just want to feel good. I want to have health. I want to have longevity. And that's where the whole foods come in to play, you know, but you can have both, especially for people that come into veganism or plant-based diet for climate or for the animals, you can have all of those things. You don't have to choose between them. And the path is going to be these whole foods because of the fiber, the antioxidants, the water, the bulk, the satisfaction, the satiety, it's all contributing to this sustainability in eating this way for ourselves for a lifetime. But can we talk a little bit more about sustainability? We talked a little bit at the beginning, but what are what are some other things that we can do to become more sustainable and eco-friendly in our food system overall? Yeah, for sure. I've completely transformed. I do angel investing as well and completely transformed all my investments to be around sustainable food and agriculture. So... Um, I obviously don't invest in animal agriculture, so it's all plant-based foods and different things like that. Um, reducing food waste is a huge one, and that 35% of all food is wasted. And it isn't just wasted. You think of people throwing out old lettuce or something like that. That's not even where most, that's a big portion of the waste, but that's it. There, it's all throughout the supply chain. So on the front end in the fields, things are wasted. Um, going to the grocery store, some of it's wasted. Manufacturing, people throw out byproduct or they give it to the animals or they just throw it into the landfill. Uh, and all these things have steps to reduce. And so I've invested in a couple of companies that use upcycling ingredient, ingredients uh, to reduce food waste or reduce byproduct from other manufacturing processes. Um, and then composting is another big one. So once you get to consumer, Yes, you should try to eat as much as you can of it. Even if it's a little bit old, you can put it into smoothies or soups or whatever. But then when it really is, when, when you're at the end or it's a banana peel or whatever, all that should be composted. And there are great services that you can use. Uh, there's, a, there's a website called compostnow.org and it lists all the services around the country that do composting. And so they'll bring a bucket to you, a sealed bucket, you can put in your garage or you can put in a closet or whatever, put your food scraps into it, seal it back up. And then every two weeks, they'll come and pick it up. I think it's like 11 or $12 every two weeks. Um, but it, it's a way to know that that's going to be turned into soil rather than in landfill. That stuff doesn't degrade. And yet it's good for the soil. So let's use it. Yeah. Composting is something we started this past year in my family. There's a composting service here in my small town and they pick it up weekly and it's just yeah. $10 a month. It's so affordable. But what I thought was incredible was we actually were able to downsize the size of our trash can, you know, the our, our weekly trash pickup 
because I didn't realize how much food we were throwing away. So now I'm being more conscious about using as much as I can and then composting what I can't. But now our trash is so little between recycling and compost. It's so little. And my next adventure is I'm going to start worm composting myself. So please wish me luck. Yeah. Hopefully in the next two weeks, I have to order my red wigglers. They're going to be now fed somewhere between all the plants. Somewhere 25% of all <laughs> waste that goes into a landfill is food. It's incredible. By yeah. the way, you can actually cook banana peels. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that, no. Yes. And there are some really cool recipes out there where you can make like almost like shredded meat style with the banana peels. And so, and I follow these chefs too, like the zero waste chefs that have all these uh, videos and they use everything. They use everything. (laughs) So there's more that we can use if, especially if we get creative with it. Right. Well, tell me a little bit more about co-founding Cool Beans. I love the name of the company. How did it come about? And you, you kind of alluded to why you started it, but tell me more about it. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was very frustrated with the choices in the grocery store for, for vegans and people that were eating 100% plant-based. And I didn't understand why that was. And so I started talking to other people in the industry that I knew that it were also plant-based and just hit on a vein there that, yes, there were a lot of people that were wondering the same thing. And so this was this white space that existed. Why isn't somebody, why isn't there a family of whole food plant-based products out there in the frozen aisle or fresh aisle? And so I had started making product. I I was making my own food. I was the only one at the time that was plant-based, so I'd freeze a lot of it. Then I started freezing it in. I'd rolling it up into wraps and freezing it so I could take it to work. Um, And that kind of really was the trigger for here's here's an idea. Mm. And so I, as I, I networked with a couple different people, and there were three of us that seed funded the company, and then we went out and hired a food scientist and tried to develop products because what I was doing was not something that would be economically viable to to a consumer audience. Um, But we we hired a a great food scientist and she developed the products. And then we worked with Beyond Brands to find the co-manufacturing partner and distribution partner. And we launched right into the middle of COVID, right in the beginning of COVID, basically, in the first quarter. Um, and which was a tough time to launch. And so things got delayed for a f- couple months, but we first started going on shelf in May of last year. And now we're in about 800 stores. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. 
There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. At the time, so whenever you're feeling frustrated that there weren't more convenient options for the way that you eat in particular, was beans the focus for you? Or you just knew that you wanted to create some sort of wrap that was convenient, but also more health promoting, more whole foods? Yeah, I, I mean, it was certainly the latter overall, but everything I was cooking, whether it was curries or African flavors or, or um, soups and things, I was using beans of some sort, beans or lentils or chickpeas. And so it just turns out that everything I was wrapping up had those in it. And then when we, we started talking to our food scientists and going through, and I, I was very specific, I don't want oils. You know, I want it to be whole ingredients, oh, you, a lot of spices and flavor, international flavor, but it should just really be legumes, veggies, and whole grains, and that's it. Um, so beans became, and then the name was available because I, you know, we, we knew that um, we liked that concept. And so it, it really just tied in that it was, that we, it was always a staple of what we would have in the products. But then it became much more of the hero of the product as we developed. I love it. That's so yeah. great. And are you still trying to expand to more stores? What's your vision for this brand? Yeah, so we are definitely trying to expand. COVID was very slow for a lot of people put resets on hold because you know, they were just trying to keep shelves stocked with any product. They weren't trying to put, bring new products in. Um, so that was kind of slow to get to the first 800 doors. We were to go much faster going forward um, but we're starting to add uh, other retailers and so we'll grow that way we're adding two new SKUs this summer um, one uh, that'll be Italian flavoring and another will be Asian flavoring um, and then longer term we want to have a family of whole food plant-based products so not just wraps or handhelds but other products all probably in the frozen aisle but other products that would help people to eat whole food plant-based um, with prepared foods. Yes. I love that you're doing it because I do feel like it's never wrong to have a convenient option that's also healthy and health promoting because everybody knows that you go through times in your life, you don't have as much time to cook. Or even when you're traveling, sometimes it may be difficult to find in the restaurants. You know, restaurants can be really difficult to find good, healthy food. So. 
It's never a bad thing. And the more whole plant foods we can have out there that's convenient and accessible, the more we can crowd out the other foods as well to give people that option. Right. And we're not telling people not to cook. I love when people cook. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, like you said, not everybody can do it all the time. Exactly. There's always going to be a time in your life where it's going to be welcomed to have a more convenient option. And I, I teach that all the time, not to be afraid to use convenience, especially your frozen vegetables, your frozen fruits. You know, now they even have frozen grains that are pre-cooked frozen grains. Right. Don't be afraid to use those things. Whatever you need to do to stay on this path, if you can afford it, do it because right. it just supports your healthy lifestyle. And then, you know, maybe in the future, you'll have a little bit more time. You can make your own and you can actually save some money too but use your resources out there. I'm wondering if you're doing your research for this company and what you've learned about beans in general, if you've learned why Americans struggle so much with eating beans, why, why are beans not already a highlight in our culture? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I certainly think that there's some negative connotation with beans, you know, based on what we all sang when we were little kids and whatnot. Um, and, and there's definitely some of that, although your digestive system gets very used to it very quickly. Um, and I think you just kind of have to gut through kind of the first week or so where it, it might feel like bloating or whatnot, but um, it's just your body reacting to fiber. It needs a lot of fiber and you're changing the gut bacteria, because mm -hmm. if you're a heavy meat eater, you have a very different gut bacteria than someone who's eating a lot of plants and fiber. Um, and so as those change over, then you are much better able to digest them and whatnot. So I think that's probably part of it. Uh, I think there's also just a really bad education. You know, we've, unfortunately, there's disincentive in this country the USDA is given a really hard job. You know, on one side, they're supposed to set this, this um, optimal meal, the food pyramid or whatever you want to call it. Now it's a circle, but they're supposed to create that every five years to outline what people should eat. But at the same time, one of their other primary job is to um, promote agriculture from the United States, which includes meat, dairy, seafood, etc. So they've got this, they're constantly at odds with themselves. And so we've pro just promoted the wrong thing. And we, we all eat 60, 70% more protein than we need. But we all are 95% deficient and 95% of us are deficient in fiber. Yes. And I would if you ask me, which is more important, I would absolutely say fiber. So. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. No, it's true. And I think some people just aren't familiar with beans in general. They don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to cook them. They don't know where to put them. And so I think the more we can expose Americans to beans cooked in different ways, the better. It's going to be better for people to familiarize themselves with it. And it's, it's just going to benefit us overall. That fiber is super important. Yeah. What do you wish more people knew? Well, certainly the value of beans. I think, you know, Cauliflower took this huge run and was this, <laughs> this great, uh, had, had this huge growth curve. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a very nutritious plant, but it's not anywhere near as nutritious as beans. And so 
I think people need to understand beans for sure. That's, uh, and that's what we're trying to do is make them cool, make it, make them aware of what's the benefit both for humans and, and the environment. I love it. What personal habit are you most proud of and why? That's a good question. I, I, I really like to network with people. And so I, um, considered a challenge to try to connect people. Anybody I meet, I'm, I always try to think of who else could I connect them with that would help both of those parties. Um, and I just, I feel like that's uh, kind of like paying it forward to people to build their networks and whatnot. So I really like to do that. I like to mentor um, other young business people, whether they be entrepreneurs or investors or whatnot. So those are, those are some of the things I like to do. That could be so fulfilling too, to do that because you are helping people get to their goals and it makes people so happy and you know, what a great way to pay it forward. Sure. Well, Tyler, this has been great. Congratulations on your company and I wish it much success. I hope to see it near me soon, but if you can please tell my listeners where they can connect with you, where they can find the Cool Beans products now, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So we're in several chains across the country, Sprouts being the biggest, um, Wegmans in the Northeast, Deerberg's in St. Louis, um, and then several smaller chains around the country, independent stores. But you can find all those on our website, eatcoolbeans.com. We have a store locator, so you can find out where. If there's not a store near you, we there's a company called Vegan Essentials that will deliver around the country. Um, and yeah, we'll be hopefully expanding our network over the next couple of years. To more, awesome. More and more stores. And where can listeners connect with you? You want people to find you? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm always Tyler Mayoris on, on all the social networks, whether it be Clubhouse or LinkedIn or Instagram, et cetera. So that, Perfect. That's where to find me. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. If you could leave us with one call to action for the week, what one thing can we do this week to improve our lives? Uh, I like composting. I think all of us could benefit um, composting. And I love that there's places like San Francisco and St. Louis that are requiring food be separated out and composted. Um, but until that's across the country, everywhere, we need to do it ourselves. Perfect. And yes, a lot of places now have the services or you can look into doing your own little composting. My experiment with the worms hopefully goes well. Good luck with that. <laughs> yes, for sure. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, I really appreciate getting to know more about you. And I'm so grateful that you are helping us have more convenient ways to eat whole plant foods, no matter what. So thank you. And I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you very much, Dr. Yami, for having me on. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. 
Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.